Tom Parry. Matt Boyle. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You don't look like you're doing so good, though. No, I'm, I personally feel fine today, which is the most important thing. Yeah. My eye, not so much. No, it looked like you've been in a boxing match. It wasn't you fighting KSI last night, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, I just, I'm just thinking about setting a trend, Tom. I just, I want to, you know, I was just thinking, well, people puff up their lips. That's a thing that mm. people do. I can't even say that. Puff up their lips. I was, gonna, I, I, I thought you said something about popping off at lifts. No, they don't pop off lifts. Well, I mean, to be fair, you could also get an eye like this from popping off a lift. I mean, I think the eye would be the least you worries. No, I was just, you know, people pop off their lips. God, that's hard to say. And I thought, well, people should do that for their eyes, you know, give you much, uh, a much eye. fuller eyebrow. Um, yeah. uh, give it, give those lashes a boost. Um, turns out there's a reason that people don't have sausages for eyelids. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a foolish endeavor. No, I have an eye infection, which is yeah. not great. Um, but I have been weeping, Tom, uh, these last couple of days. Oh, um, how come? I've been shedding some tears for the kingdom. Let's talk about it. Oh, Tom gosh. Attack. I managed was, to transition my terrible, that was great. terrible eye infection that was, was Zelda reference. Isn't that great? Yeah, so uh, how's that going for you, Zelda? Um, I played quite a bit of it. Unfortunately, it was uh, one of those things where I managed to align a day off with the release of the game. Oh, clever. I woke up bright and early, got up, went to get it from Bilka. Uh, walked all the way back down, was in Santa, and was like, oh, it's such a nice day, but oh, well, it's Zelda, it's, it's Zelda day, it's fine. So it's easy to get hold of, you don't have any issues getting a copy on the I release day? I did not, but I, I, it was a really funny story, right? So I went to I went to Booker about, I don't know, I wasn't up at the crack of dawn, I think they opened about 7, I think I was there about 9.30, something like that. Mm. And I walked to the back of the store where all the games and stuff are, and there was a display that said Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and had a thing saying it was released on Friday. And I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. They sold out of everything. I walked up to the guy. I was like, uh, old school, uh, hard do Zelda. Excuse me, do you have Zelda? The guy was like, ah, oh, we have no time to put it out. We've been really busy. Um, he's like, give me five minutes. And he ran away. Um, and then he came back and like literally handed me the copy in the cellophane wrap, not in the security box, which felt really weird. He's like, there you go. I'm like, thanks. Have a nice weekend. And so I walked off and I did it. So I have no you idea. You did pay for it, didn't you? Yes, you did. of course, of course, I paid for it. But it did feel really weird going to the counter without the security box. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I bought it. I got home. I uh, put it in. Unfortunately, I I played a couple of hours. I enjoyed what I played, and then I couldn't help but notice that my eye was starting to become more and more controllably itchy. And then uh, my wife was like, "Yeah, you should ring a doctor, man. It's pretty swollen." Oh, that's, so this this got in the way of your uh, initial enjoyment of playing Zelda. It did. Well, ah. I mean, I I got off the the equivalent of like the the pillar thing that you're on at the start. I did the the starter area where you get mm. some of your abilities. I do feel I have a grasp of the game, and surprise, surprise, Tom Barry, mm. it's more Breath of the Wild. 
Yeah, the reviews I've read or or just skimmed over have said there's enough new to make this feel fresh. Yes. It doesn't feel like a a complete retread of Breath of the Wild. No, it doesn't. I mean, for me, right, this kind of feels like the classic Nintendo thing of them going, well, you like that, here's some more, but harder. Um, (laughs) Oh, so the difficulty, really? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not... I have I have had some issues with it. Like some of the stuff, I know Breath of the Wild felt pretty open ended in its like, hey, mess around with this and figure stuff mm. out approach. It could just be because I haven't played Breath of the Wild in a long time, but it, this game feels a little bit more obtuse from the off. Okay. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. No. Well, I, I, so there's I posted a, a clip to it to Twitter. There's um, naturally the game as you will have seen from the trailers. Um, has verticality as a factor to it. There are some bits that are in the sky, there are some bits that are on the ground, and you kind of see the interplay of you being able to go up and down. Mm-hmm. There's been two moments in the game where I've been given a thing called a wing, which is like this bird-shaped stone glider, which is kind yeah. of cool. You just glide around on it, you can control it by like literally walking to the sides of the platform. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. I saw someone speedrun the game in like 93 minutes yesterday. I got on this glider and I must have taken me about 30 minutes to get down because I just kept dying. Because if you walk, it's like, oh, well, if you walk towards the peak, the, the thing will descend. And it does that. But it's because there's also a stone surface, you just fall off the front of it and then you fall to your death. And there's nothing you can do about that. Mm, so or, you're adjusting to it, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Point? It's just like mm. a lot of trial and error in how some of the stuff actually works and handles has been taken a bit again used to i'm i'm over that hump now i will say but it took like there was an hour or two of resistance okay. it was like oh i don't really like the system and i made it harder for myself by going to yeah. the wrong shrine first which meant that i didn't have the gear really to go oh, there. Oh, I don't like the sound of that either. I yeah. don't like it when things are so open that you can actually go in the wrong direction. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was it was an icy mountain. I could have yeah. chosen to turn back round, but I was like, well, there yeah. are fires that are yeah. like close enough that I can theoretically run there, and I did. Yeah, and I was like, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I've had this with. Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, it was ukulele. I know it's a strange comparison, yeah. But I sort of had that getting up to a point where I hadn't got what I needed to do something, but the game hadn't made it clear. Uh, we probably covered that in an old episode. We probably also. Did. I, I remember that my first experience of Fallout Three was uh, somewhat similar to that yeah. as well. You, um, you ran into a very large rat that killed you, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I, I I got in above my head, you know, but uh, I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. <laughs> That that's the danger of a sort of more open-ended approach to a video game. But this didn't. Uh, it wasn't a massive issue for you in Zelda. No, I managed no. to get through it because you know yeah. I've got I've got them Zelda chops. I, yeah. I've fought in the land of Hyrule many times. Unfortunately, I was able to be like, okay, I can do this. And mm. to be fair, right, had I not played Breath of mm. the Wild, mm-hmm. I would have no idea that like I could cook things with chilies and that would help me and all this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So like. Had I not so, played the first game so much, I would have probably it, bounced off this area very quickly and turned around. It, but it is an interesting uh, subject to talk about that, because most likely if you're playing this game, you've played Breath of the Wild, but there'll be plenty of people jumping into this as their first uh, experience of Zelda, yes. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel it, it doesn't sort of ease you in so well if you for, for a newcomer? 
I mean, I, I think it explains some of the base mechanics to you, some mm. of the new stuff at least, very much from mm. the off. Like, it is the start of it is very cinematic. It is perhaps the most cinematic Zelda game I've played. At least mm. that opening sequence is like, wow, you're really trying to tell a story with this, and then mm. Mm. it kind of feels a little bit at odds with the open world. I haven't got deep enough yet where I've been introduced to another story segment like that. Right, but like. I would say the the base tutorialization at the start is obviously it's the same as like the plateau where you are just in this space and you're doing these things and you're learning stuff very quickly. There is some stuff like the sailcloth that I was like, shit, did I miss the sailcloth? Would the sailcloth have made all of this a bit easier than the gliders and everything else? And I'm like, oh, well, I'll never know. No, I guess I'll find it in the world if I did. But, I yeah, I, I think you would be fine because I don't think you would have the same baggage as I do from Breath of the Wild. While you wouldn't mm. know how some of the core mechanics work, there are these little robot things on the island that do tell you right. stuff and like how to cook, how to fit, how to do whatever, like how to hunt <coughs> or use a bow, all this kind of stuff. There is okay. There are definitely mechanisms in place to impart right. knowledge on you. Well, that's good that that's there, but it's not forced upon you, I, I, no, it would it sound isn't. like. Oh, yeah. perfect. So, so, so it caters to both new and existing players. Yeah, I, I, th- I think players. very smartly. Um, yeah. okay. I will say, so on the, first, um, on the first area, you get four of the abilities from this game. Um, for those mm. you who haven't, played breath of the wild um you generally go around the world and by doing shrines you are given um abilities that i can't even remember what they really are there's one where you stop time there's one where you can like then hit an object and give it momentum Mm. there's a few that generally speaking are quite physics based yeah generally about hey, if you you slow down something, you stop something, you propel something. This game is a bit more... Well, one of them is called uh, Ascend, one of the first ones I got, which Mm -hmm. is, generally speaking, like platforms above you to get around the verticality and the fact that Link can't jump, even though you can climb. You can pretty much, if there's a platform above your head, you click this Ascend ability and like Link shoots up. You might have seen it through. I've seen this. It looks like Mm. he's swimming through stuff. Yeah. Um, there's one called Ultra Hand, which is yeah. a, a cute little nod to the toy that Gunpei Yukoi made for Nintendo in name. Mm. But it's it, essentially what it does is it allows you to attach objects together. Um, I've seen mm. some crazy stuff that people have built with it, but generally speaking, yeah. it allows you to quickly like chop down some trees to make a bridge or make a raft or do all this other stuff. But the way it's made doesn't really feel that intuitive. It kind of feels like. Tom, you are someone who is pro, like experienced with animation. You've used Maya. Do you know like ac- you're trying to manipulate mm. axes and stuff? I'm like, yeah, you could, made, you could have made this a lot easier. You should have just snapped it at 45 degree angles, and this would have been a lot easier to use. Oh, okay. So, so maybe it's something you get used to. Eventually. You do, you do. Yeah. But like, it felt really, it, it felt really. I'm really interested to. I'm so interested to play it. Uh, we have a copy. Uh, Claire's bought a copy of the game. Uh, but she hasn't played it yet. She 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 never finished Breath of the Wild. She did everything. She just didn't fight Ganon. Yeah. Uh, so so she's like, oh, I should finish Breath of the Wild first. That's a fight Ganon. But she hasn't got around to it yet. And I'm so itching just to see her sort of get it stuck in. She said, I can, I'm I'm quite welcome to stop playing. Um, it, but uh, is is there multiple save slots? Can we do that? 
Is that... You can if you're on different accounts. Ah, right. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, we can do as that. As you switch, you switch accounts. I think you're fine. Otherwise... I don't want to spoil it for her, though, either. No. Like, if I'm playing it before she started playing it, it's like, oh, I kind of let her have her time with it. What I would say is you should play that first, like, 15, 20 minutes alone. Mm. And then I think it'll mm. be like open. I should have done that. You can get I should have done that when I got up when she was still in bed this morning. Yeah, yeah. I had a little, Tom, a little go on that, and that would have been great for the podcast, wouldn't it? it if only have... I was doing that and not playing Bayonetta. Oh well. <laughs> Bayonetta one, two, or three. Yeah, Bayonetta one. Uh, we'll go back to this. Okay, uh, fair enough. Later. Anyway, um, um, so those those yeah. gripes aside, like. I've I've heard people call this the greatest game of all time in reviews. I've heard people go, "Oh, it's flawless. It's ten. It's ten. It's ten. Mm-hmm. You have a slightly different opinion. I, I think it's a so very, far. I think it's a very good game. Yeah. But I don't think it quite captures what I like. You know what I mean? We've talked about it a million times in this podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. Breath of the Wild is definitely one of my top five games, if not yeah. one of my top three games. Do you think this has the potential to eclipse it, though? I mean, from what I've heard, yes. It's mm. just, I... Not right now. I don't know if it's because my expectation level is so high. I don't mm. know if it's because they, they're trying to do the same thing again and, like, compared to Breath of the Wild, which just felt like this new fucking someone throwing open the door on a new generation of video games. Mm-hmm. But so far, I haven't been that like i've enjoyed playing it obviously but i've not Mm. been like oh my god i must play it despite this ridiculous eye infection (laughs) i think uh looking at the game visually it looks uh, very similar would you say it's uh on par or does any have any neat graphical flourishes you didn't see in the original game i would say it probably looks a bit better than my memory Mm. of breath of the wild we're we talking sharper say, or more. No, I just I just think they they're better with the Switch hardware and like how they yeah. how they do stuff. I mean, the visual art style of every Zelda game is always stunning, anyways. But like this is it, they've leaned it? Yeah. into that here. But it, mm. for me personally, playing it docked and admittedly I don't have an OLED Switch, so maybe it looks better on the more powerful piece of hardware. Mm. Yeah, Switch is really starting to show its age. Okay. I'm well, playing, we can. Yeah, yeah. Again, we can talk to this. Uh, I'm playing this, a mobile yeah. game right now, Tom. That yeah. kind of looks better. I mean, admittedly, is not yeah. doing the same technical challenges that this is doing. Isn't this giant sprawling mm. world where so many things can happen? Mm. But like, it look. It looks like an older game, which is not mm. a great thing. But, to but have. for you and me, you enjoy retro games. It's not all about. Uh, the clarity of the visuals or the latest no. sort of graphical techniques. No, this is true, place, but, but I having, you know, our, our mutual friend Martin, and I remember having a conversation with him about Skyrim. Mr. Fink? Yes, and oh, his thoughts wonderful. about how he didn't really want to play Skyrim because it looked old, and that was like <laughs> even like two years after Skyrim had come out. I do, I do yeah. genuinely think that a large audience, especially, you know... Well... We're in the PlayStation Five now. Like some of the some of the best looking games we've ever seen. You think kids are going to be turned off it because of how it looks? But I mean, I kids who not. play on the Switch, it's the most it's most popular console, I imagine. Hey man, with, I'm, with... I'm sure this game so... sold. Oh yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think there's a major issue there. I was playing uh, Crash Bandicoot: Mine Over Mutant on the on the Wii the other day, and I mean, yeah, that doesn't look so 
so sharp. But uh, there are other things to appreciate, aren't there? It's like if a game's maybe not cutting edge, but its art direction is just so spot on, um, and its performance perhaps is is uh, so smooth that uh, yeah, a lack of uh, graphical fidelity. Yeah. <laughs> to use big words, uh, it isn't the be all and end all, is it? No, it isn't. No. I mean, apparently it's already sold uh, thirty million copies. It's been mm. over two days. Um, it is not, and I mean to be fair, right? It's not what this game is about. No, but I no, can't. No. I can't help but wonder mm. if we would have had a switch to what this game would have looked. Like. Yes, I mean, is it? You know, I'm just thinking now what Fortnite looks like. If you could apply yeah. that level because that that is a stylized game as it Zelda is. is it is and the how good that looks on ps5 currently if yeah. we could have a Zelda game that looked like that one day that would be uh yeah it's just yeah they just keep us waiting a little bit longer for this yeah I'm not going to talk about it too much because I, I don't want to spoil it because I know it's just come out I also mm. want to play more of it yeah before you make a proper judgment yeah, yeah. Again, this might sound like I'm being harsh on this game. If you enjoyed Breath of the Wild, if you want more Breath of the Wild, please get this yeah. game. Like I'm, I again perhaps have gone into this with unrealistic expectations. It is definitely more of that. Well, it is definitely fun. I have definitely had a lot of good vibes from this game, and I'm like, oh, this could be really cool. The fact is, it will never have the impact of impact of Breath of the Wild because that was so different. Wasn't no. it at the time for, for Zelda, and also at the time, graphically, I suppose, yeah, you know, games have we've had, as you said, the PS5 and the, the Xbox uh, Series X, and yeah, and we, S to be and fair, right? I also played a fuckload of Genshin Impact after, yeah, yeah. Breath of the Wild on came PS5, out. Yeah, on PS5, uh, and that game looks it? incredible, and maybe that's what's rubbing me the wrong way with this. I will also say. I did not miss item degradation. I did not miss stamina meters. <laughs> like, there's mm. a couple of things that I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing in this game, isn't it? Like, yeah, so so yeah, yeah. The amount of times I fought one enemy and then I've had to pick up that enemy's weapon to then fight another enemy to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like Halo, though, isn't it? Yeah. When you think about that. I mean, you know, your weapons don't last that long based on the ammo rather than the degradation, but uh... yeah. Yeah, that is, it is part of the gameplay, isn't it? It's a gameplay it is. decision. It's part of the loop. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, it's part, of the risk, it's part of the reward system, isn't it? Of like, yeah. you get things. I, d I did get a... Oh, what the heck is it called? I did get a power-up um, uh, called Attach, which allows you to pretty much like stick stuff mm, on I've your weapons. This. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. So it that can, also then boosts your your attack power and this kind of stuff. It's very fun. Yeah, it is a bit wacky the kind of things you can do with that. Uh, have it a is, super long like, uh, weapon. For you, for, yeah. our, for as fiddly as these control schemes are, sometimes yeah. they've clearly had a lot of fun with the powers. Mm, you know, yeah. like I I will say that like as Ultra Hand is a bit of a pain in the ass to get used to. But I've been able to do some really stupid stuff with it, and that's kind of yeah. been fascinating in itself. 
And you're playing this, what kind of controller are you using to play I'm with using this? Joy-Cons. I Joy-Cons, do not have yeah. a Switch Pro controller. I never bought one, and honestly, mm. we're so late into the lifespan of this console that I'm like, should I get a Switch Pro controller at this stage? Mm. Hopefully it'll be useful on the next Nintendo console, but you never know with Nintendo, do you? Nope. No, you do not. Um, I, there is a very, very nice Tears of the Kingdom controller, though, that I was eyeing up as well. If I'm oh, yeah, I've seen that, that yeah. I, I, I would say the Pro Controller's really is it called a Pro Controller? I, I might be in Switch Pro Controller, right? I can't, I yeah, that's right. Wii, Wasn't yeah, that what the Wii U controller. was called, the Pro Controller? I mean, I assume they just call it a Pro Controller again. I don't, I don't know. The, Nint- oh, the yeah. official Nintendo one, I see Hori ones, I see third-party ones all the time. I'm like, oh, if I'm going to get a controller, I'm going to get the proper one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice controller. Yeah. There you go. It, it, it is quite pleasant to use. Yeah. Recommend it. To- mm. To be fair, though, the reason I haven't is because I really need a new gaming headset. Unfortunately, the Turtle Beach Wii U one that I've been using for the last, like, yeah. 12 years has just really uh. started to fall apart now, so... You know, I really enjoyed recently was using uh, wireless headphones on the Switch. I, I, I forgot that they had Bluetooth Bluetooth compatibility nowadays. Oh, yeah, I had <laughs> forgotten that also. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, I can probably use these with my PS5, because I'm sure that, like, all of the Sony ones, I was looking at those new headphones out there's like, H3, H7, H9. Oh, right, yeah. These beautiful headphones that are specifically made, well, to be nice headphones, but, like, mm. specifically with gaming in mm-hmm. mind. And they're all yeah. wireless, so I imagine I could probably just use these. Oh, I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, investigate, yeah. I will. That would require my AirPod Pros, though, to have, like, more charge than, like, 10 minutes. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> What have you been playing, Tom? You have a very long well, list of games, which intimidates me. I've been playing everything under the sun, haven't I? Uh, jumping in and out of stuff. I did pick up Resident Evil 4. I got it for a very reasonable price at Asta, of all places. Ooh. I think it was 43 £42. Oh, okay, I thought you, you were going to say £14. Was like, no, what? Resident Evil 4. I mean, compared to what I'd seen it at elsewhere, that was that was the cheapest I'd seen it going for. Yeah. So uh, I was in there. Well, I, I went because I was curious to see how much it was going for. Yeah. Also, I did some shopping, of course. But um, So I've played a bit more Resident Evil 4 outside of the demo. And... I haven't played it for a little while now because I've been playing other things, but those few hours I did spend with it, I very much enjoyed. It's quite full-on in places yeah. uh, in terms of the aggressiveness of the, the enemies, and that can be a little bit exhausting. In fact, uh, I, f- I find more and more nowadays that oh, playing some video games can be quite exhausting. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, but but satisfying. That that's the payoff, isn't it? So, um, and it's so different. It, it's the same but different. And I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm not the first person to talk about Resident Evil Four, and I'm quite behind uh, now. But um, each uh, area feels noticeably different than the areas you would find in the original game. When you move into a new place, it's completely. It's hard to say completely di- I don't want to say completely different because it's the same, but the whole layout is very different. And and there'll be extra puzzles and things to do. Um, for those who've played it or read about it, you'll know these things already. But uh, it does keep it fresh and doesn't make you feel like you're playing just the same game with better graphics. That's it, good. There is um, a new uh, challenge in there. 
Uh, it's all very well done. Uh, the great quality of life things like having the uh, quick access to healing items as well. That that's really helpful. Uh, yeah, we, the thing is that there's a purity about the uh, original and a, and a gaminess about the original Resident Evil Four yeah. that um, I don't. You can never really quite improve on. This is just something different. I would say. Okay. Uh, it's something different, but the same. And fans are, I'm surely, and that they have been already, really enjoying the experience of playing through Resident Evil 4, again, in, in, in a different way. Well, like yeah. we said previously, I really enjoyed that demo. I'm really, mm. I'm, I'm keen to pick it up, but it's one of those things, right, where even, yes, even on the Thursday, I, I did do my usual, like, hmm, maybe Zelda's on the shelf so early. I went to El Gigante and I saw they had Rune Factory uh, 4 mm. for the Switch. I was like, oh, I almost wanted to play that. I, I'm At this stage, I'm going to keep my 3DS one sealed because it's a 3DS game that's pretty obscure. I was like, oh, I could buy this for the Switch. I was like, oh, you're going to buy Zelda tomorrow. And like, that's my prevailing logic at the moment is like, once I'm done with Zelda, Final Fantasy 16 is going to be out. Like, mm. there's, there's too many things there's... in the next couple of months that I know <laughs> I'm going to buy and therefore... It's allowing me to not buy other and games. And that's just new games, and I'm sure there's other games that are older that you still want to uh, play through as well. I, yeah. I know that's the case for me. Um, but more often than not, I'm just jumping in out of things for a quick go, and uh, I've been enjoying doing that with Crash 4 lately. Yeah. I will say about Crash 4, though, it is quite punishing, but it's very much in the uh, mould of the older Crash games. The The levels are a lot longer, though. But that there are quite frequent checkpoints, so it makes progress, um, you know, more forgiving. Also, you have unlimited lives, so. Uh, but then you have the embarrassment of at the end of the stage seeing how many lives you might have lost. Uh, but it is by nature those crash games are trial and error. Yes, you know, it's sort of like you just replay over and over until you get it right. Hey man, but like. You're running yeah. at a screen like in those original games. Yeah. There's no way you can know where a pit's going to be unless you learn those levels, yeah. yeah. But it, it's really great how that game manages to feel like a sequel to 3 um, by taking those mechanics, that world, and uh, evolving it, but also making it, it still feels like Crash. When you compare that to something else like I played recently, which was uh, Crash Mind Over Mutant on the Wii, yeah. uh, which I say doesn't look... <laughs> the animation's really nice in it, but as far as being a Crash game, it's so far away from what you expect a Crash game to be. Yeah. Uh, that it doesn't really feel like Crash Bandicoot anymore. It could have been anything. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so Crash I, I 4 does a fantastic job. And it made me think of uh, what's Toys for Bob going to do next? Because uh, they were in charge of this, as they were the um, Spyro Reignited trilogy. Yeah. Now, reading up on Toys for Bob, that they have been pulled into the Call of Duty world and have been helping uh, with Call of Duty. <laughs> so, and, and I think one of the founders uh, left, uh, both actually, one of, both the founders left the company. Don't know what that means for the company uh, creatively, wow. but uh, I was really hoping we might see a Crash Five or a new Spyro. We could still see new Spyro. There's the rumours uh, flying around um, regarding that. So, but there's this Crash 
what's it called? Crash Battle Game or something? Like an arena fighting game with Crash okay. Bandicoot characters? That I think Toys for Bob are responsible for, and that's, uh, that is their next uh, game that's going to be released. Uh, okay. And it looks to revolve all around um, online play, microtransactions, from what I can oh, tell. So funny. it's not necessarily what you'd a Crash fan would want from a new Crash Bandicoot game. Could be fun, I've not played it, but uh, I don't even know if it's out yet. But uh, yeah, I've had a great time with Crash 4, which is a PlayStation Plus uh, freebie, um, a little while ago now. Yeah, I, I have one got just, it, I still haven't managed yeah, to play it. I jump in and out of it. Um, I had been quite regularly, uh, but then, then something else comes along, doesn't it? Which it is, always uh, does, Tom. It where, always does. Where, where I'm at now. Uh, how about yourself, man? Anything else that you've been playing? I mean, uh, obviously I've played a, a shit ton of Fortnite. Um, oh, yes. Well, I can also talk to Fortnite somewhat. Yeah. I, the Star Wars <laughs> stuff seems fun. That's all I'm really going to say. There's nothing really Yeah, well, on. that grew me back in. That that yeah. gave me an incentive to play, to get Darth Maul. I, I, had, uh, I bought the season pass, which I hadn't bought yet. And then through the season pass, I managed to accumulate enough V-Bucks to go for the uh, sort of more premium uh, version of the, uh, mm-hmm. the quest line. Yeah. So I'm unlocking more stuff to hopefully, you know, get... I will get Darth Maul. I've played yeah. it enough now to know that before the end of these uh, quests, I will yeah. have enough points. But I noticed you can also pay V-Bucks to, to boost levels to actually get to Darth Maul faster yeah you can but like yeah. screw that like I did a, I did a little bit of that at the end of the last one because I wanted mm. that crazy healthy skin where it's mm. she's made of cosmos and I thought that was really cool but mm. this this time I'm just like okay where I land I land I'm like 146 or something at the moment like wow um, you've played it more than me and I had dropped off it a bit you know prior to Star Wars event uh, I, I dropped off. I'm now level 70, 71. Something like. Honestly, I've just been doing the dailies. I've just been, like, I haven't been playing it that much. Like, there's a Winner Victory Royale thing as part of that Star Wars mm. event. And I just have. Oh, yeah. My internet connection's too shit to do it at the moment. Oh, still, like, you're having that problem. Yeah. We did I... three, I think, last Thursday. I think yeah. we got three. Nice. Uh, wins should, as, a, as a squad. I should, yeah. should play with you, Tom. Maybe you can do his <laughs> duos. But, like, um, I just haven't been able to do it with an internet connection. Um, uh, and then I just also just haven't had the energy to do it. Like, I'm literally, I'll, I'll play 10 minutes, I'll dip in and out. Because what I have been playing, Tom Parry, more than that is um, Breath of the Wild was not on, the only big game to drop in the last couple of weeks since we haven't podcasted. Uh, I've been playing a lot of um, Honkai Star Rail. Sorry, Matt, what? Um, To go back to our discussion of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Remember, I played a lot of Genshin Impact, right? We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. Um, Genshin Impact is made by a developer called Hoyoverse. Ah, okay. Um, And they... They make many games. They make Genshin Impact. They make one called Third Impact as well. Nothing to do with Evangelion. Nothing to do with Evangelion, but a spin-off. And then they've just made a thing called uh, Honkai Star Rail, which is essentially... <laughs> Honkai Star Rail, Honkai. Hon- yeah, Honkai. Honkai. It, it's yeah. the name of their... It's Honkai Third Impact as well, I think, is the name of the, the second game from the studio. So I think like Honkai is this fictional world they made. Star Rail. Let, let Star me guess Rail. what it could be. Go Star on. Rail, not Star Whale. Star Rail. Star right. Rail. 
Yeah. Is it, is it a platform game where you do lots of grinding? No, mate. It's turn-based RPG, but with gacha mechanics. No, I, I wouldn't have got that from the title. No, you would not have. Um, generally speaking, it is a it's a Japanese. Well, it's not a Japanese role-playing game. That term is redundant. It is a is a turn-based role-playing game developed by a Chinese studio. Um, and is just turn-based battles uh, with a very compelling story and with some gorgeous art and amazing voice acting. And it's on your phone, Tom. It's on your phone because the console versions aren't out yet. So, oh, so you're, when... um, yeah, you've been doing the mobile phone gaming. I have, um, and it's not usually what I do. And admittedly, like it's because I've pretty much been laid out for the last two days, so I've been playing a little bit more of it. I've I'd pretty much just been like logging on. I I played a little bit at the start of it before I thought we were going to podcast last week, and was like, oh, okay, mm. I, I can talk about this. This is a fun game. I've played a lot more now, and it's it's really it's it's interesting. It's like having a JRPG in your pocket. Like the story and the writing and the art and everything are on par with a Tales game or any of these like you know your um, dot hacks, your whatever. Like any anime inspired JRPG I've played in a long while, this has as a compelling story as those. Voice acting's really good and it looks really nice and it's just there and so and it's free and it's free. I mean, obviously it's right. gacha, right? So like yeah. the whole point is they get you into this world and like, now you need to pay us money, <clears> which I'm not going to do. I'm going to try. I'm I'm purposely saying no. I'm not going to pay anything for this. I'm just going to try and keep it, play it on the free. Um, which you know revolves me logging in every day to get login bonuses and all this other stuff. But it's just like mm. some days I'm not playing. I'm just like okay, open the app, click the ticket, turn it off. Like so far though, it's been really good. Um. It's essentially the story is you are awoken by some mysterious figure who seems like a, a scientist but also a bad guy and you are told to join this thing called uh, the Astral Express which is a giant train which essentially goes from world to world solving people's problems. Um, mm-hmm. and Hence yeah. the rail... Um... Title. In the title, exactly, Star mm. Rail, because it's literally a train that travels through the stars. Now that's quite that's quite interesting conceptually yeah. speaking. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and I mean, more so, I think, than like Genshin, where you, you know, you had a large open world and you would explore it and you do other things. Obviously, with this, you're travelling between worlds, and I think that allows them the ability to keep telling this story in a really interesting way. If the quality of writing, of course, sticks with it, I don't know how long it is to currently beat the 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 story that's there right now, but it's been fun. Um, I got very lucky with one of my drops, and I got a woman called Natasha, who is a healer, which there aren't many of them in this game at the moment. And I've seen mm. people on the Reddit paying ridiculous amounts for gacha tokens to try and get her, and I got her in my first pull, so that was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just been I've been running around. I've been enjoying it. I'm on an icy planet right now, where oh, I know you you love icy planets. Oh, I love an icy planet, especially lost if it's lost. Planet. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, general just a bit so far has been really good. Turn based combat kind of has a rock paper scissors mechanic to it, where naturally like some w- enemies are weak to certain properties, strong to others. They mm-hmm. all have a shield, which is essentially like when you're attacking them, you can break it, and by breaking it, they get partially stunned and take damage when they recover. So you can kind of just juggle combos and stuff. It seems really in-depth. There's been a lot of quests that have tried to explain, oh, well, if you hit 
them with this, and then you hit them with this, you'll get more damage from this. So, like, combat system seems like it has some legs to it. Overall, so far, the gacha stuff hasn't been that intrusive, but I know this is also the same with Genshin, where it, it, it won't really kick in until you're at the end of the story, and then right. you'll really start to feel the pressure to be like, shit, I need to I need to buy some gacha things because I need to level up my characters. But right so now, for... it's been pleasant. Sorry. So for... <laughs> it's not because I'm... It isn't my sort of thing. I wasn't your name. I know that, I was, Tom. So... Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. But... Um... I th- would you say if you were a fan of Genshin Impact, then you might want to jump onto this? Or would you say it's more like, oh, if you're just a fan of RPGs, then uh, this is one to play? I would say if you're a fan of RPGs, more so than Genshin. Yeah. Like, obviously, Genshin's a different thing. Um, it's a big open world. It's Breath of the Wild with, like, action. Visually, is it similar, like, character design? Yeah, 100%. Is, like, yeah. It, the world feels as vibrant and fun as the Genshin one does, which... Mm to be honest, was the main draw for me. Like, I really liked some of the world design, I really liked some of the character design. Okay. And it, it kind of, I don't know, it feels a bit Persona-y, which is why I think I'm sticking with it as well. It's kind of like how that break mechanic works kind of reminds me of the how you would break enemies in Persona. So, I don't know. It seems like a good mm. game. I, I've enjoyed my time with it so far. I will put more hours into it, and I'll let you know when I hit that wall where they want more money, and I say, no, thank you. <laughs> Are you still playing uh, Apex, by the way? I haven't played Apex in about two years, I think. Oh, right. Point. <laughs> I, dipped, I dipped in and out. My issue with Apex became, A, I couldn't find anyone to play with. Like, everyone mm. I knew was playing Fortnite or playing Call of Duty, and so like I was like, well, I don't want to play either of those at the time. Now I kind of play Fortnite with a couple of people, but that's about it. And... They kept introducing new characters and having to buy those characters separate from a battle pass kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And now it's been, there's so many new characters that I don't know who to play and it kind of feels like there's a bit of a difficulty curve there to get back into it. Annoyingly also, I've heard they've changed how some of the guns handle and that would completely put me off. So, Mm. Right. Yeah, which is a shame. I hear that game isn't doing so well from the looks of things from what I, I read on Did that, I saw something that looked very much like a third person version of it yeah. is that a thing? Yeah I think so I mean to be fair they introduced first person into Fortnite as well right so it could be hmm, Is that, the, I didn't know that was active yet though I think it is Oh okay, I don't know how to turn it on if it's anyway, no, I'm, sure I'm quite I, happy I saw playing something. it like, I saw that like they were introducing Ranked but I think they, I'm sure I saw a Kotaku article that they were doing some of the first person mode before. Yeah I heard it but I didn't know um, if it had been implemented yet or not uh, So I've been playing a few other things yeah. uh, I would, what, what should I talk about I think I should talk about Bayonetta because I've got Bayonetta 3, dirt cheap, for the Switch. I've had it in a, a wish list from Amazon for, for a good while. Yeah. And it would always be around the 30 to £40 pound mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, I just happened to look at uh, my wish list there, and it had gone down to 23 quid. So I was okay. like, okay, well, it's probably a good time to um, pull the trigger on that one, so to speak. <laughs> you like that? The, pull the trigger. The devil trigger. Uh, oh, that's, that's Devil May Cry. I know it is Devil May Cry. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I picked it up, and on a recent train journey, I sat there with my Switch, and I played the beginning of Bayonetta 3, and I was like, oh, Bayonetta is really good. Is yeah. <laughs> Why did I never stick with Bayonetta and complete it? Uh, so I decided I would go back to Bayonetta 1 and play that again. And 
I'm playing the um, the re-release for Xbox One, uh, the yeah. 10th anniversary one, which came out with Vanquish. Uh, so, so I wanted to play sort of the best version available, and from what I can tell, that that probably is the the ultimate way to play Bayonetta one. So, playing that, I, I'm not quite as far as I was when I started playing it on the Wii U, which was the only time I really got into Bayonetta. One was when, when I played it that Wii U version that came with Bayonetta two. So <laughs> every time a new Bayonetta <laughs> game comes out, it makes me play Bayonetta one a bit more. Yeah. This keeps happening. I looked at how long it's going to take me to finish Bayonetta 1. It was 11 and a half hours or something, roughly, obviously, based on how long to be. And I thought, well, okay, that, that seems like quite a lot to me. I, I, I probably wouldn't mind it being a little bit shorter, but you know what? I, I'm going to try and stick with it. But with any game I play, I usually play it for about an hour, and I think, yeah, that's that's about enough of that. I can I can manage. I can't manage any more. You know, yeah. even though I was yeah, enjoying I it, it's sort of like the repetitive nature of it. Sort of, you know, that that's enough. It, it happened to me because I I decided to go back to Gears One, which I have finished before in the past, but I, I'd started playing the ultimate version of Gears One. Yeah, and so I went back to that, and I know they make some efforts to try and keep things interesting by giving you new uh, challenges to deal with for example like when you have to be careful the swarm going to attack you if you don't uh, light up the area and things like that so they, they, they do try and throw things in in Gears 1 don't they just to try and make you feel like you know it's not the same thing over and over again but yeah. really it is um, and the same could be said about Bayonetta um, with any game they introduce new abilities to help change things up as the game sort of progresses but I do find myself um yeah, not being able to play many games for too long because they end up being a little bit repetitive. Yeah, that's um, that's certainly true. I yeah. mean, I I think that is definitely that era of video game. Also, it's just like mm. doing the same thing but more. Yeah, and when you hear something's like eleven hours, you, you know you're gonna think, well, I'm not gonna. It's probably gonna be bite-sized chunks. I, I I play this in. Yeah, and I think that that's the best way. I will say though, yeah. with Bayonetta, be warned. There is a mm. bit of a difficulty ramp towards the end of that game, so I think you need to mm. like pick a weekend or something really like right. I'm going to finish Bayonetta because right, yeah, you kind of need to build up to the the pace of it because it's very hard towards it's, the end of that game. Yeah, but you have finished Bayonetta. I finished Bayonetta many, yeah, many nev- years ago. Annoyingly, I never played Bayonetta two. I bought it um, that collection mm. that had one and two, and I never played the second one. So mm. what well, I played it was excellent. Yeah, well, I played a Bayonetta three. You can see they've really ramped things up in terms of like if you, th- <laughs> it's actually hard to imagine Bayonetta getting any more extreme and over the top. But having played the opening section of three, and then go back to one, it seems somewhat tame in comparison. Yeah. To 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 the amount of what's going on on screen at any one time, and when we were talking earlier about Zelda on the Switch and and the technical limitations of the console. Yeah. Uh, they've been very clever the way they've optimised Bayonetta 3 because it, nothing is taken away from its uh, spectacle and uh, you don't feel like the game is struggling to throw all that on screen at you. It does play very well. But you do notice, obviously, the resolution's fairly low and there's, there's this weird sort of dithering that happens that I don't see in yeah. um, games very often. Bayonetta seems to implement it quite uh, frequently, so, um, sort of probably because of the amount of 
stuff that's on on screen. I'm, I'm not sure the technical reason why, but I, yeah, I you do. This. Yeah, you do. It's not constant, but it's a strange thing that you do notice. It doesn't affect your enjoyment of the game, but as you were saying before, it's a limitation that needn't be there. Should there be a little bit more powerful hardware, so it's almost like perhaps they're trying to do too much with the the switch. But the fact they've done it and achieved it to the level that they have is incredibly, I would say, quite impressive. Yeah, but again, um, for me, honestly, it's a game that I'm like, whenever they release the the next thing after the Switch, yeah. whatever that is, I would like to play Bayonetta mm. on that, because I imagine it's cu- it'll probably it's be it stronger. Slightly curious how Bayonetta 2 uh, has never left Nintendo platforms. It's because they... They paid for development. Yeah. That's why Bayonetta yeah. three will never leave Nintendo platforms either. Yeah, but do you think like like apparently Bayonetta two on the Switch performed slightly better than it did on the Wii U? But yeah. I don't think in 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 a way that is massive. Well, I mean, it, it's probably the same as Breath of the Wild, isn't it? Like, mm. it probably takes advantage of better hardware, therefore it isn't as clunky. But you'd be in it too. Was a great game, anyway. So yes. I yeah, no. Again, I, I think they're all um, quality. There's a few things that do irritate me a bit about Bayonetta. It, it, it's the cutscenes and the story, which I'm not particularly interested in at this point. Um, it's not grabbed me. I mean, I get the basic gist of what's going on, but I'm, I'm not particularly invested in the story, and, and I find the cutscenes reasonably frequent and, uh, and because it's an action game this is always my hang up i just want to get back to doing the action yeah you know um and what i'm sitting watching the cutscenes, i don't always feel as particularly that interesting perhaps yeah. that's more more my um you know shortcoming than the game shortcoming but i i, <sighs> to be fair, I haven't I been grabbed by the story i also yet. felt that when i watched uh when i watched slash played that game i remember okay. it being like very intrusive towards the end of it and i mean obviously like that legacy's always been there with yeah. things like devil may cry right like devil may cry yeah. often gets interrupted like with dante yeah. talking to people and the demons yeah. and whatever but like it felt very intrusive in bayonetta yes me. yeah he doesn't quite gel that well with the action gameplay um but there they go. There is, there is some interest in that. I actually did play the demo of uh, Bayonetta Origins, is it? Uh, yeah, I, that Switch. game looks great, but it's very expensive. Okay, it's also incredibly dull. Really? <laughs> if you've, yeah, I mean, maybe it gets more interesting when you pass sort of the initial uh, tutorial section of the game, which you get in the demo. But uh, slowly walking towards a well to fill it with with a bucket with water then carry it back to wherever you need to take it uh was, was a particular thing i think you had to do in the demo that was like well this isn't much fun uh, yeah. yeah i don't know I, I i just didn't feel like that was something that i really want to play much more of fair enough uh, i've heard but, good, I've heard I good things about that yeah game. no i've heard good things and perhaps it does get more interesting but it's very slow paced and the things i were doing i didn't think were particularly that much fun fair enough there you go uh i played some no more hero 3 which i picked up for ps5 i've yeah. been wanting to check that out for a while um how was it yeah it played well i i mean big it was big sort of boss battle after big boss battle in a similar sort of like well bayonetta sort of was yeah uh stylistically it's exactly what you'd expect 
uh, humour wise again what you would expect it's quite funny the the premise of it is <laughs> it's like Travis Touchdown just sort of thrust into this uh, uh, what would you call it uh, apocalyptic situation where an alien has come to a super powerful alien who who's going to uh, destroy it now that sounds on paper very boring but the the backstory of the alien is uh, given to you in, in quite a nice animated uh, 2D animated sequence where the alien came to Earth in a sort of like E.T. like situation Right. And this cute little little alien who befriended this uh, small kid and uh, years and years later he comes back to see the kid and he's this megalomaniac uh, dictator who wants to take over planets. And, right. And, and the, uh, the kid has used the technology that the alien had given him to start a huge sort of like business, a corporation type thing. Okay. So, 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 so all that innocence of, the, of both their childhoods has been sort of tarnished somewhat by uh, what they eventually end up doing in, in the future. Okay, uh, that sounds interesting. Yes, that's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Yeah, there's lots of fun stuff in there. Uh, uh, so also I'm playing Oddworld Soulstorm a little because uh, it was on offer. It was like, went down to like a tenner. I've seen that slowly decreasing on the digital store for a while, so... Um, enjoyed playing that to me that's sort of like a similar thing to Resident Evil 4 where it's the same game as uh, what's it called Abe's Exodus but not it's had significant changes in its gameplay and design that that, that again feels like you're playing something new and I kind of like that as well rather than just uh, giving it a fresh lick of paint uh, the, did you know, Matt? This took me as a surprise. The Rumblefish Two came out. No, I didn't know that. The, the Rumblefish is a PS2. Uh, oh, I guess it was originally an arcade game, one on one two D fighting game, yeah. which has had a sequel. Um, only in the last few weeks was this released on Switch and PS4, PS5. Okay. I'm not sure if it's PS4 and PS5, but definitely on Switch because I've got the I've got the Switch version of the game. And yeah, it looks dated, but it's a good fight. I mean, you know, the, the original um, Rumblefish was uh, very enjoyable, and, and and so is this. So, um, of course, being a fighting game, <laughs> I, you I have picked to that buy up. it. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. You get it physically but, or just digitally? Uh, physically, I bought a copy of that one physically. Do you know As that I, in yeah, 2020, um, a homebrew conversion was released for the Dreamcast of Rumblefish Two? Yeah, supposedly. Well, I didn't know about that one. Uh, you bring me on quite nicely to the Breakers Collection, which was a homebrew release for the Dreamcast. Oh, it's a 2D oh. fighting game. Uh, there's two um, entries into this series, which are packaged together. I have it physically for Switch again, uh, but also uh, it's available on PS4 as well. And that's a really smooth, playing, enjoyable 2D fighter. Okay. Uh, so that's two games on, on that, the Breakers collection. Uh, so, yeah, that's the few things I've been playing and picking up lately. I could go on, but um, I'm conscious of, of time. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just uh, stick with those few at the minute. Uh, I've finally been able to progress in Pokemon Crystal, I will add, because uh, I was waiting to trade my Onyx with a metal coat to po- to another Pokemon game so it would evolve. Yeah. And in order to do that, involved some um, hard work because 
I had to replace a battery in Pokemon Silver, my copy of Pokemon Silver, and in get order yourself to, to a high enough level in that game. Well, you you have to pay it. about twenty minutes of the game. Yeah, you just have to get Togepi, and then at that point in Pokemon Silver, you you, you can then trade. But um, first, I tried trading between a Game Boy Color and an Analog Pocket, and I seem to have uh, seem to have corrupted the save file in uh, Pokemon Silver doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, I don't see any other explanation why it happened because nothing's happened like that since uh, I ended up doing the trade between the Game Boy Pocket and the Game Boy Color in the end. Yeah, I was going to say there's some from what I've heard, right? For all it for all its benefits, there is some yeah. weird stuff around the analog pocket and Pokemon. Yeah, games. I mean perhaps I need to update the latest firmware, which I haven't done yet. Uh, but I was led to believe it was fine. Looking on the website, it says it works yeah. with. I was using a Game Boy Color. Um, Game Boy Pocket link cable to do it, but uh, the save is working, so it's not. I don't think it's anything to do with how soldered the battery in there, because because yeah. everything's working fine. It was there was an error uh, with the trade where one of the Game Boys froze during the process, okay, and that resulted in silver resetting. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, which can ha- I know that can happen if you try and trade between uh, Japanese and English or European cartridge, yeah. yeah. But uh, it happened here, so to play it safe, I just did it the next time I did it. Because, as I say, you have to pay through those 20 minutes again. Yeah, I imagine that's quite frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's all working. I now have the equipment to repair my copy of uh, Pokemon Blue as well, so I'm just in the process of uh, updating all my batteries so they work. Uh, What's been your experience of uh, uh, Game Boy batteries? Do you think Pokemon's the biggest issue of you... Had yeah, other I mean, I, with I have a ton of games, uh, honestly. Like, I need, saves. I need to one day just sit down. Like, maybe I'll do it. Like, I'm off in a couple of weeks. I got a week mm. off here. Maybe mm. I'll do it then because I really need mm. to. Like, I've got a lot of RPGs that rely on battery saves, like things like Great Greed, uh, Legend of the River King, Survivor Kids. Like, mm. there's lots that I'm like, oh shit, these batteries are ticking time bombs. I should replace them. Why is it some games? don't require the batteries to save what what is it that makes a game need a battery rather than well i mean for for a game boy advance like it's flash memory which is why pokemon also then has an additional battery to do the clock so like that's why you can save pokemon but you can't it doesn't record the time because it needs the battery for that but generally speaking on the game boy like if you're not using if there's no battery in it there's no save function and then you're using passwords oh right okay so nine, anything nine times out yeah. of ten, so things like Super Mario Land, things like Wario, they all have batteries. Really? Yeah. How come it's Pokemon that tends to lose I think, its? Because I think it's probably amount. storing more stuff than the rest of them. Yeah, I don't and know. maybe it's the amount of time people play Pokemon. Maybe also. compared to the others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, on the subject of Game Boy games, I was chatting to uh, someone at work about a particular game they, they had very fond childhood memories of. And uh, based on this, uh, I maybe naively picked it up um, because I, I, I have to say I was maybe slightly disappointed. Game um, the game is Kung Fu Master. Yeah, it's not very good. I could have told you that. <laughs> Um, it wasn't expensive. Um, no, it isn't. But fortunately. it was. It was kind of fun to see his reaction to it. He was really happy to see the game again. He said it made his day. Um, and so perhaps it was worth it to, the, to that effect. But as as a game, I, I would, don't see myself sitting down and, and playing through it much because 
it's incredibly difficult incredibly quickly uh, yeah. you come across an enemy within the first well less than a minute of gameplay mm-hmm. which uh, seems to be near impossible to beat you you can like i the, the I guy with the chainsaw yeah, yeah. No, i know the one you mean yeah yeah and I, if the game continues in that fashion throwing uh, equally uh, punishing enemies at you I, I think, yeah i don't think it actually what it does it does fine you know it's a very simple game you, you scroll from left to right and hit people it's like yeah. uh, uh is it what the games have that tile side scrolling beat them up uh, no i mean um what? is it kung fu uh, is there is a yeah it's a, it, i think black it... belt on the mass system has that yeah. sort of thing there's, there's loads of that kind of thing yeah. i mean yeah. even the first turtles game is very reminiscent of that cause yeah no but you don't have um there's no yeah there's no, yeah, there's no verticality depth. to the things yeah, like no. in double dragon yeah. yeah 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 that's it it's sort of like the first um incarnation of the size running beating up isn't it where you're on a 2d plane it's lots of fist and north star games like that which yeah is what black belt was originally um but yeah, okay, so that that's yeah, Kung Fu Master. Not one I can recommend to anyone, really, but I suppose there'll be people who maybe have that, and maybe it was one of the only games they had growing up, and, and they just played it and played it and got quite good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine but so. coming I... to it now is, yeah, it's not a um, must-play. I mean, uh, for me, I was kind of disappointed when I got it, because it's an IRM title, mm. who... The, I've played a I've played a bit of it because I was going to do a biographic on it once, and I was like, "Oh fuck this! I just I've got I've got patience." Um, I preferred the arcade game, but the arcade game is also absolutely solid. But it obviously has the added benefit that you can just keep throwing in coins to go through it. Mm. It's not it's not very fun. Um, the Japanese artwork for the Game Boy cartridge, where it's called Spartan X, is a lot better. I'll drop that in the chat now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I quite. I'm quite taken with the artwork on the cartridge because you've got um, Kung Fu Dude who seems to be in Egypt. Pyramids yes. in the background and I think what looks like the first uh, major enemy with with the chainsaw sitting on top of a camel. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you look, if you when you see the, the Japanese box, it's, it wears its inspiration on its sleeve. Um, the guy looks more like Goku... Um, he is like there's clearly one of the the troopers from Jinro. <laughs> okay. In the background, the chainsaw man is actually just clearly Jason. Wow. Yeah. That that's a cooler. I don't know. It's cool, but is it cooler than the the Egypt one? I don't know. I, I think so. I can't believe the, car- <laughs> the cartridge is a slightly different artwork as well. Anyway, it's peculiar let's... how everyone's green. Matthew. Yeah, I I don't know why. I guess it's just to make the guy stand out. But the car the cartridge itself looks really cool. I'll give okay. you an image. Fair. It's, it's yeah. a game that I've almost bought like several times because I'm like, that looks really cool. What's that? And then I go, oh yeah, it's oh it's Kung Fu Master. Master. I've already got it. I don't need to own that game twice. <laughs> oh yeah, so if you just saw that cartridge lying around, you think, ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, look at that type. Look at that. Ooh, look at that Goku-looking dude looking really serious. Yeah. Anyways, um, I haven't picked up uh, Spartan X. I probably never will. Uh, what I did actually buy, actually, this is a nicer transition than me just okay. showing you a Mega Man game, is I, I bought Trip World. Um, it seems that Limited Run has finally got around to being like, yeah, cool, let's release some obscure oh, Sunsoft yes. stuff. Yes, and yes so, I saw this, yeah. 
yeah, they've released a a Game Boy Color DX remake of Trip World. Um, and I which you must be so happy. Oh, I immediately pre-ordered yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah, there was yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah. about. You're a f- I got Trip World on the 3DS, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. Fortunately, as well, it will now be available on the Switch for everyone to download, oh, yeah, and on yeah. the PS5 and everywhere else, you will be able to play oh, Trip great. World. In so, all so everyone who's missed glory. out on on Trip World can play it now. All of you will play it, and all of you will go, "Oh, that's really short, but it was really fun, right?" Um, <laughs> that will be the thing. Uh, they're also re-releasing Mr. Gimmick, uh, which I think yeah, is absolutely that. amazing. However, you might have noticed for the uh, that there's no physical cards of that, and that's because oh, it's, not? it's literally it's one of it's one of two games I think that has a particular chip for the any for the NES in it, and so uh, even to make repros, you need to use donor carts because the chip is. Can't they simple. just release it on a disc or something? It, um, I mean, they will. They're le- they're releasing Switch ones. They're releasing like PS4 and PS5 versions of it. They but come you, with a you'd want toy. it on a. Oh, you'd want it on a NES. I mean, if I were to, I mean, I've got it on an NES. It doesn't really matter for me. But like, I'm just saying, like, I saw a lot of people were really disappointed with. Trip World coming out on the Game Boy, they were like, "Oh, why As can't a Game you Boy release this?" Yeah. yeah, and every everyone and their mum was like, "Now, child, there's there's a reason." <laughs> okay. This is the reason that it was very expensive when it came out. This is the reason there are no many copies of it around. Like, this mm. is the reason for everything that surrounds gimmick. Also. The the European version's not as good as the Japanese one because the Japanese one's got stereo sound and the European one oh. doesn't because they they cost so much to get the bloody chip in the cons in the cartridge they were like and oh, we're not going to put the extra stereo chip in as well. I so. see. Okay. Hmm? Bloody good game though, Tom. Bloody good game. So that's a recommendation, not Kung Fu Master. But, no, um... get Trip World and Mr. Gimmick when they come out. Um, I also I made two purchases yesterday, two impromptu ones. I haven't bought a game at a flea market for a long time. It's about oh. 15 kroner, Tom Parry. I could not say no to Mega Man uh, Power yes, on the PSP. I'm familiar with that, yes. Um, nor can I say no to Diablo on the PlayStation 1. Now, 15 um, kroner is, is, is a bargain price. £1.50, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, I was really excited. I got to this shelf and it was just tons and tons of games DVDs and they were all like scattered around they actually had mm. Miles Morales for the PS5 40 kroner mm. and I was like oh I've already got it like 40 40 kroner yeah tell me about it I was just like this is weird all of the stuff's clearly just priced in really weird things I imagine there's probably more PS5 games and someone wow. probably just hoovered them up for 40 kroner um, and I, I picked up Mega Man I was like fuck yeah Mega Man 15 kroner and I opened it and I was like oh no Ghost Rider's in there damn it Really? Um, and then, fortunately for me, though, I was just like, I bet it's in one of these other cases. And so I took the time to, like, search through the stall for the other PSP games, and uh, eventually I found it in a GTA case. And you just swapped so it over? I just swapped it in, yeah. It's still 15 <laughs> nice. kroner, like, all of them the same price, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I was just like, yeah, nice. cool. I'm going reconnect, reconnect this game back in the thing. I put some tennis game back in its case... From the, like I swat I've made I made everything right or as good as the I could. PSP Matthew. I, I have to say it's 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 a, one of my favourite consoles. I do love the PSP though. I, I will be honest. Yeah. I cannot remember the last time I fired up a PSP. I was on mine last yesterday evening. Well, Eurovision was on, or just before the, the lead up to Eurovision. Uh, I I was playing Dragon Ball Z to whatever the portable what the see the second portable. Dragon Ball Z fighting game for the PSP. I forget what it's called. Can't remember either. Uh, but I played through the arcade mode. Oh, loved it. And and it just Good. reminded me of how much um, 
the form factor of that console is so comfortable. Yes. Everything's it's got this nice big screen. Everything's just mm, loads quite nice and fast, and it's just everything that you'd want out of a portable uh, system. And yeah, I, I remember at the time I, I was certainly playing more PSP than I was DS. I um, really um, a lot of games that I really enjoyed that console. Yeah, it's a good console yeah. for sure. That's why I continue to pick up games. Really. Yeah, so it's one a wonderful day, console. I will it, crack it out again. If only Sony had had the same success with the Vita. Uh, and the fact I actually like the PSP more than the Vita. I liked how it feels in the hand. I like the size of it. You like the Vita more than the PSP? I think so. I, I spent a lot of time with the Vita. No. Like yeah. I, I think for me, right, that my issue, why I like the PSP Vita over the PSP, is the, the PSP feels a bit too chunky and a bit too heavy. Ah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm having, I've got the slim one, you see. Oh, I don't. The I slim don't one, nice it doesn't weigh anything. The yeah. slim PSP, oh, that's the one for me. One day, Tom, one day. Will you get a slim PSP? Yeah, maybe. I never see them. I, weirdly, right, I see lots of like original PSPs. I almost bought a red one the other day because I was like, oh, red PSP, and I'm like, don't fucking need another PSP. You've got like four of them. I keep buying them because every now and again... I've got I'll four of them, but they're all the original model. Yeah, they are all the original <laughs> model. But like the thing is, right, I buy them because I'm either like, oh, that's got a bigger Magic 8 card in it, or, oh, that's 50 right. kroner. I would be a yeah, fool not yeah, to. Yeah. And get so yourself got, for like, 3,000 if you oh, see them. I keep... I honestly, yeah. I saw one a couple of years ago and I regret yeah. not buying it. It was with a load yeah. of games, though, and I was like, oh, I don't want any of these games. I yeah. just want the console, and they wouldn't sell it for obvious reasons without the... Were you saying you bought something else? Sorry, um, for that, harping on about the PSP. No, I mean, a ridiculous amount of One Piece cards. We can talk about that. Ah, oh, right, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've gotten into... I might, have, I might have alluded to it last time on the podcast. Gotten really, really, really into the One Piece trading card game. Mm. Is it because of your love for One Piece, or is it? I mean, more it, than that, there is definitely my love of One Piece is a factor. Um, yeah. it, the artwork <laughs> is gorgeous, so like, I, I'm just going to pull out random cards, Tom, because I've got. Uh, okay, I've got, let me uh, enlarge here. the window. I mean, this isn't going to work well on the podcast. No, it but, isn't. Uh, but I, I just want to show you, right? So, you I'm going to describe you, them to you. you <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be that level of like tomfoolery. It, I'm Tom just. Foolery. I'm just saying, right. You and I have both seen our fair share of like Dragon Ball cards and you know mm. all of like anime trading cards. Yeah, uh, I've never had any Dragon Ball cards, so but Really? Uh, I, I'm I, aware I, of them. I I have had a few and like they they've never cut the mustard for me. I want to find some of the more basic looking ones because generally speaking what I feel with anime related trading cards generally is they will have stills from the anime and they will look quite cheap mm. is always my concern with yeah things. unlike pokemon cards which usually have quite unique um, exactly and like uh, impressive artwork yeah but i mean so let me just show sometimes you. So, so there are <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong like saying that though some of my favorite pokemon cards are the most simplistic ones so like every now and again like some of these cards look like this, which is just like clearly okay, still yeah. from the anime, and it's got text underneath it. And you're like, oh well, okay, there's there's that, that's fine. That 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 I can assure you that yeah. wasn't a very interesting card. Sometimes you're just like, okay, well they've clearly taken a still from the anime and they've made a card out okay. of it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a character. Sometimes they take a manga cell and they're like, oh well, you know, this makes sense. This is good, isn't it? Okay. And then other times they're just like, yeah, cool, let's swing for the fences and make these absolutely amazing oh, pieces of art. Okay, yeah. So the, these are yeah, unique sort of 
artworks. They are. This is crocodile yeah. and mihawk. You know what the best yeah. thing is, though, Tom Parry? These are commons. You can have crocodile. You can, yeah, you can you can have crocodile. You can have mihawk <laughs> as many of them as you want because they come in every pack. They're all gorgeous. And then you get, get Chinese and alt arts and everything else. And then you're like, oh, I like it. But so One Piece trading card game, Tom, for me, kind of takes the best bits of Pokemon? Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon and Magic the Gathering and mashes it together to make something that probably shouldn't work on paper. And it's but fairly it's actually... new, isn't it? The yes. One Piece card game. It was, a re- it was released in English, I believe, the first expansion, Romance Dawn, was released around Christmas last year I remember it being in the UK and it coming out I think it was December sometime and mm. I had looked at it at the time and gone oh that's nice pity I don't really know anyone who likes One Piece um, as much as did I do did you find someone who I, likes I, One Piece I, I did uh, fortunately our friend Jake who we, we also used to play Pokemon cards with yes. is also into One Piece and has oh, gone good. down the rabbit hole with me but like the, so the, the great thing about One Piece is they you know you construct a deck same way as I would say the closest point of reference is Magic the Gathering. Yeah, have you ever played Magic? Are you familiar with no. Magic? So how Magic works <laughs> I kind is, of have an idea yeah. of how you play it. But. Generally speaking, with Magic the Gathering, you construct a deck around colours. So mm. in classic Magic, there is white, black, red, green, blue. All of those different colours have different things. So like... Yeah. Uh, black is more about controlling the other person's boards. So you can like destroy cards and send them back to hand. White is about like quickly ramping up angels and animals and humans and stuff that can attack and is generally quite balanced and good for new people. Mm-hmm. Red is aggressive, and so you're just quickly throwing out cards that have rush that can attack on their first turn and everything else. Um, green is about monsters and like low cost creatures you can quickly control a board and then blue is all about kind of like deck manipulation so you're controlling your own decks you're trying to like draw cards and like change your turn order it's like hey draw the first five cards remix them in whichever order you want so you know what your next five cards are those colors carry over into magic from magic the gathering into one piece um there are now at the moment because they've just they released the second expansion they're about to release the third in the second expansion there is those same colors plus purple which is what i play which is a ramp deck which there are some elements across the colors of magic gathering which is essentially like you're trying to get your power up really quickly so you can throw really powerful things onto the board it's really cool like you are essentially you've got a deck of 50 you have one leader character which is always present on the board and can attack and can do other things. And then you also have a, a Don deck, um, which is essentially your energy cards or your land, if you want the magic comparison. But because they are in a separate deck and because you always know every turn you're going to draw two of them, there is a ramp in like how you play. And like you look at your hand and you're like, right, cool. In three turns, I'm going to be able to play this Mihawk, or I'm going to be able to play this Luffy. And then I'm going to be able to do other stuff. It's really fun. Like, there is a a timed aspect to it that I really like. There is a pacing aspect to it that I really like. And obviously, like, a lot of the a lot of the fun from it comes in different colour matchups and different colour things and playing against people and doing different stuff. It's really fun. I've played a lot of it. If you would like to try it, there is a One Piece trading card game trainer app on the mm, on the, on the phone. phone. 
which allows you to play red, which is the Luffy starter deck, and purple, which is the Kaido starter deck. Okay. I have I've played it in person. I've gone to I've gone to the town of Odenser, which is on Foon in Denmark, to play One Piece, and I have done some other bits and bobs. I've played with friends and stuff. Like I said, I've got a friend Jake is in it as well. Uh, but also that someone has very kindly spent the time building a simulator. So like there is an unofficial way to play online and you can just quickly like manipulate decks and stuff yourself and build decks or use other people's decks because there's lots of like codes that you can find online that allow you to do that. Right, and generally, I found the app. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Let me know what you think. I think it is a very, very fun card game. I Honestly, like I enjoy playing it more than I thought I would. It gives me the same vibes as Magic the Gathering. But it, the Yu-Gi-Oh aspect of it comes from the fact that you also have triggers. Mm. So, like, you can counter. So, like, you can keep a card in your hand. And when traditionally you, you can use your Don either to play things. So, like, you know, as you would with Pokemon, it's like, right, okay, cool. I need to play four energy cards to play this Charizard. You do the same thing. So it's like, right, cool. I tap four Don and I bring out Luffy. Then you can attach, if you had like six, you could be like, right, cool, I'm going to throw another two Don on this Luffy so he becomes mm. 6,000 power, say, mm. so he can hit harder. Or you can use that Don on your enemy's turn to be like, haha, trap card. Oops. Actually, yeah. you attacked me, I'm going to kill that card, or I'm going to make sure his power's lower so you can't hit <clears> me or whatever. It's got a lot of depth to it. It's got more than it probably should, to be honest with you, um, which is why I think it's doing so well. It's actually, the cards are quite hard to get hold of at the moment. Um, oh, okay. Especially here in Denmark. I'm not sure if you would fare better in the UK, but generally speaking, when I've looked online, I've not been able to find any anywhere. So it's been fun to use the simulator. It's been fun to play in person and stuff, but I'm hoping... You have managed to build a deck. I have, yeah. Um, the... Uh, contrary to Pokemon, the starter decks for this game are actually pretty good. good right? So they do contain a lot of the cards you would need. And honestly, like, I have had to buy... So I, I play Purple, so I play Kaido. I had to buy two of the Kaido starter deck because they had, like, two rares versus, like, the four you need for a playset. And so I was mm. like, ah, oh, it's, it's fine. But, like... Generally speaking, I've seen people build decks that are very cheap because when you buy a booster box, again, unlike Pokemon, you're going to at least be guaranteed one of every card bar some of the secret rares. Okay. I see it. I see them here. I see them yeah. here. Online. You can get a purple starter deck from Amazon. £13.46p. Yeah. Yeah, that that's about what I paid. I think it's a little bit more. I think I think actually no. I so when I a friend of mine was in Forbidden Planet in Edinburgh and I was like, please can you keep a lookout? And they they got me my second Kaido deck. I think I paid a ten for it for Forbidden Planet. So it's a little bit more than it should be, but I think that's just people adding a markup because they know they can get away with it at the moment. Hmm. But this yeah, is Animal I, Kingdom Pirates starter. That, that is the one I have. That is the one I continue to play, even though it seems like the the best decks at the moment before this new expansion comes out are the Zoro one, the Whitebeard one, um, Kid. Seven Warlords of the Sea, I can see that, that one. That is a blue deck. Um, yeah. That Apparently that is Crocodile, the leader that comes with that is Crocodile. very good. Yeah, but... 
But it's fun. Right. Give it a okay. go. Give it a play. Yeah. I, I'm well, there's Matt's uh, card game recommendation for the week. <laughs> yeah. Card game of the week. There's a film edition star today. That there is. That comes with some Uta and lots of other good purple cards. So I, that's what I bought first. I bought the Kaido and I bought that and I tried to mash them together. Some synergy, some didn't work, but like now I've got the two Kaidos and I've got a lot of the stuff from Paramount War, which is the name of the second expansion. I've been able to do a lot. But yeah. Lovely. Yeah, it's fun. I like I like this game a lot. I was quite surprised how much I liked it. Well, Given that I'm... like I've tried other games from Bandai in particular. I tried the Dragon Ball game, I didn't really like that. I've tried Digimon, I thought it was okay. One of our good the good friend Austin is into Digimon and so I've played one or two well, I've seen him play one or two rounds, even though I bought a starter deck, I've never played it. It seems fun, but like this for me is just like yes, it is ticking the it's right boxes piece, yeah. from the things I like and it's one piece. So, mm, mm. absolutely well. Sounds great. Yeah. Any I mean, I'll be um, uh, not really. No, I, I think uh, that seems like a good place to leave it this time around. Okay. Uh, yeah, let us know uh, what you think of the podcast, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah, it'd be great to get some some feedback. Sorry, that was a terrible because um, you do obviously the the, the proper uh, end. I, I do do the proper end, but I mean, you know, obviously, like we haven't podcasted in a little while. We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah, maybe we're rusty. I want to know if this is good content because uh, we just have chatted about what we've been picking up and playing. Uh, we haven't done topics for a while. We we, we did uh, at one point. May, may, maybe take a topic and run with that sometimes. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a Breath of Wild, um, very current. Um, Resident Evil 4, somewhat current. But yeah, it'd be interesting to hear uh, some audience feedback. I mean, we are we are slowly approaching episode 300 of this podcast. And I realised mm. something, Tom, actually. Mm. Yes, We've been absolutely. doing this for 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, we didn't that's really right. acknowledge that, but like we... <laughs> April was was ten years yeah. of this podcast. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, wow. You know, as we as we reach another milestone in three hundred episodes, I know some podcasts reach it a lot quicker than ten years, but alas, we are fancy free. Let us know what you think. Let us know. Well, like a fine piece. wine. Yeah, exactly. It takes a while for us to. Uh... You're saying we're turning no, into doesn't... vinegar. <laughs> No, I don't know what, where I was going with that. Actually. No, it's not a good because I'd, I'd like to think you know we've maintained a reasonable quality throughout, but um, yeah, I would I would hope so too. But I mean, you know, yeah, I let the audience decide. Do let that. us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let us know because uh, we, we we enjoy doing this and we hope it also um, provides some entertainment. Well, you you would hope, you would hope. I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, if worse comes to worse, Tom, I just enjoy chatting for you for an hour. Yes, it was, you... it will do this regardless. So exactly, like <laughs> we'll do it with or without a microphone, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so just like I said, on the usual places such as on facebook.com, Facebook dot com, Facebook sauce. Tom and Matt attack. Not that anyone uses Facebook anymore, so it's probably better to do it on Twitter at TeamACast. The two of us, Game Boy for me at Tom Parry eleven for him. You can also comment on the thread on BlastProcess.com and TomandMattAttack.com forward slash podcast or in iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. While you're in iTunes, give us a cheeky rate and review. I mean, there's no better time to do it than before episode 300. Get that list mm. and the ship up. What, what? Uh, but yeah, generally, if you've got any <laughs> feedback, either reach out to us on those channels or personally and... Um, Maybe we'll look at mixing up the format from episode 300 on. Ho, ho, ho. I, I don't know. Well, that, that sounds interesting, mate. It does. Well, let's see how it goes. Anyways, yeah. 
Tom, as always, a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for speaking with me. It's good because we haven't spoken in a couple you, of weeks. Matthew. And everybody out there, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Be sure, as always, to game on. Game on.